Relief for what ails you, the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast is on the air. A Medicare podcast that sometimes actually discusses Medicare. And now, fresh from his morning nap, Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. You may have heard my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, announce my presence. Uh, I am Doug Jones, your Medicare specialist, if not expert for today. I am proud to serve and I'm ready, willing and able to take on all the responsibilities of uh, being your Medicare expert for at least some period of time. I can't last forever. Uh, what I do when I expert my my Medicare uh, expertise is to offer my listeners and my clients the opportunity to avail themselves of all the Medicare knowledge in the world that anyone would ever want to have by virtue of buying my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. If you were to go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com, you would find four different editions, but they all have the same content, the same important Medicare knowledge. And people tell me that when they finished reading Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, they have a very clear understanding of why Medicare is the way it is and what they have to do to interact successfully with Medicare. Because it can be a big, scary government program and ooga booga, ooga booga. It's uh, it's going to kill you. But uh, after having read my very simple explanation of why Medicare is the way it is and what one should do about their interaction with Medicare, everybody seems to feel much more confident. And what happens typically is people will contact me based on the information in the book, ask me a few questions, maybe things that weren't as clear to them. And uh, eventually, many of them ask me to help them acquire the insurance coverage that plugs the holes and gaps in Medicare so that if they have need for expensive medical treatment at any time in the future, uh, it won't have a deleterious effect on their wallets or their bank accounts. And uh, I can even show them ways to take a different route than many of their peers have done and save even more money in their Medicare expenditures. And uh, this is all part of the service I offer. So I am looking forward to uh, the contact that I enjoy with people after they've read the book and become educated about Medicare. It's just a beautiful thing. As far as I'm concerned, another beautiful thing is the vision of Randy Carson on the uh, screen in front of me. He is uh, just raring to go for this particular episode. Randy, it's good to see you again. Everything okay on your end of the world? Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I just wanted to point out, I know that I I, I probably did this earlier, but how do you like my t-shirt? I like your T-shirt, but it looks like a phone uh, dial phone from years it, ago. It, yeah, it does. It does. But it's a joke shirt I got from my daughter, and it says, 
I'm only 10 in dog years. <laughs> the, the jokes, the jokes on her, because I can do the math and I know for a fact, well, actually I've got uh, a five years, you know, head start on you. So uh, that shirt would not be appropriate for me. What's going to happen uh, when you have your next birthday and you, you become uh, 71, which in dog years is like 7.1, I guess, huh? I, What's going to happen then? I, Does the shirt? I don't go know. Uh, the shirt's going to have to go away, I guess. Oh, I, boy. Because you know me, I want things accurate. Well, me too. And I'll tell you something. Uh, it still breaks my heart that uh, we used to do our uh, one per episode Medicare trivia question. And um, we had a list of 50. That was going to hold us for quite some time. And what happened to our list? It just disappeared. Randy reorganized his whole life while I was out of town. And uh, so when I came back, I said, hey, let's get back into our question and answer of each podcast episode. And he said, well, I got some good news and I got some bad news. What's the good news? Well, we got a little extra time this episode. Now, what's the bad news? <laughs> I can't find the content I was going to. So he's going to search for the questions and hopefully we'll get back to those at some point in the future. I didn't want the uh, audience to think that we completely blew them off just for no reason. Well, you know, my mom, bless her pointed head. I love her to death. She's gone, has been gone for a number of years, but she used to have a favorite expression. And that was? It's, it's in this house somewhere. Yeah. Where was it when you saw it last? That would be my mother. Yeah. Where was yeah. it when you last saw it? Isn't it strange how you know our parents uh, grew old and died? I still think of my mother as an active 30-year-old. Actually, she was less than 30 when she uh, contracted polio, which wrecked her tennis game because she got it in one leg. But uh, boy, I, I think back to what those weird things that my parents did, and they were always so much younger than I am now. Uh, it's weird what our perception of the passage of time does. At least in, it's yeah. weird to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm crazy. Well, I know I don't look it, don't tell me, don't confirm that, but mm -mm. I, I feel like nope. I'm still in my 20s. Yeah, sure. Me too. Me too. And um, frankly, I'm still chomping at the bit to move out and get out on my own and be independent and everything else. But uh, yeah. when I tr when I tried that, I packed up my wagon. I said, I'm, I'm going to go over to my friend's house. We're going to go out to the Mississippi River, find us a boat. And we're going to play uh, Huck Finn and, you know, Tom Sawyer or whatever. Uh, and there was a, a black man involved in there someplace. Uh, Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Well, there Jim? was Jim. Was it, Jim. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jim. Yeah. But um, so I packed up my wagon and I uh, left my home in Wayne, Illinois, with my most valuable possessions, which involved breakfast cereal, toilet paper, and my electric train. <laughs> I, I took it all apart, boxed it all up. And, and this was about a, as much stuff as I could fit in my wagon. And so I headed out and my friend that I was going to run away with didn't even know I was coming. It, he is, his house was a good mile, mile and a half away. And by the time I got about halfway there, I was spent. And our local constabulary and the person of one Abner Clark well, he was an old dude back then, but I was, what, six years old? I didn't know yeah, <laughs> old yeah. from, but uh, Abner Clark uh, pulled up in his car. Now, when I left, my parents were gone, and only the maid was there, and she must have called the cops, and I'll go pick him up. So he showed up. He wound up putting my wagon with my valuables back in the trunk of his squad car, 
drove me home. And uh, there oh, was this never was a, this was the cops. This was the cops. Yeah, yeah. And so how... you're being you're being trundled home at six by the cops. Uh, well, I was I was pretty tired after walking for most of like uh, three quarters of a mile. <laughs> dragging that wagon behind me with my electric train and my toilet paper in it but so well, the cops brought me home yeah 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 and i decided okay maybe that plan wasn't that good but uh my friend rob reed who uh as is another arizona lover he his family took him to wickenburg every year and he still has a place there so he and i are kindred spirits in that regard but uh he he and i were going to go out on the mississippi and get us a boat and just go do some traveling i don't know what was going to happen after that but uh best laid plans i guess so the best laid plans of mice and men so anyway i grew up and uh, then uh, became an adult the adult i had hoped to become <laughs> independent and all that stuff and it turned out i needed a woman in my life to uh uh modify my my youthful behavior so that i could get through college and uh so i wound up getting married and uh, that woman is now the podcast content curator that we enjoy today and boy has she curated some content for us uh, let that's me tell right. you that's right so i hate to tell the audience this but it's just become too obvious doug is sleeping with the staff Yes, I am. And, you know, I was always told not to do that. Uh, or on, on the show Below Deck, which we uh, enjoy, it's uh, Don't Screw the Crew. Uh, that's their, right. but they always, they're youthful and exuberant, and they always violate that rule. And I guess they wouldn't have much of a TV show if they didn't. Without that, they'd have nothing. They really would. So uh, that's our, that's my uh, TV tip for today. The Below Deck shows are fascinating because basically they're on big super yachts in sometimes in the mediterranean sometimes in the pacific sometimes in the caribbean and it looks like one heck of a lifestyle if you're young healthy and and uh you want to uh earn some money without doing the typical kind of jobs like you know i grew up mowing lawns and delivering newspapers and uh, these people are older than that. They're college age or older, but uh, I hardly recommend the below deck series of shows. Uh, the below deck sailing yacht just ended below deck down under, which is takes place near Australia is beginning in uh, maybe today or tomorrow. Uh, but there's also the regular below deck with a guy named captain Lee, who is a very gruff captain uh although he got sick last season he may not be back and so uh you soon learn all the uh major players and below deck is pretty entertaining from my point of view um now as far as podcast goes i was gonna um uh, i was gonna mention that when we were driving across the country i forced mary to listen to the uh medicare podcast that i have curated you know if she's gonna curate content for for the likes of us then i'm gonna curate some medicare content for her and uh, one of the uh podcasts that i listened to that i forced her to listen to this guy has about 50 uh episodes and each one is somewhere between eight and 12 minutes so they're not that long <clears throat> and it's a podcast designed for medicare agents and he says at the beginning he offers mediocre medicare advice for agents, for insurance agents. And the first 50 times I heard that, I thought, hey, geez, a guy, you know, he doesn't really know the English language very well. He's got the worst marble mouth 
of anybody I've ever heard doing a podcast. This guy is really a trip to listen to because he, he his his mouth talks faster than his brain does. So he winds up tripping over the words that he's trying to say. But yet, he's the nicest guy in the world. So I'm telling Mary, okay, let's listen to a few episodes of this. He starts every episode um, by saying, uh, Medicare, uh, uh, I share mediocre Medicare advice for insurance agents. And then he ends every episode by saying, have fun, make money, impeccable service. And I, I think he's missing a couple of words in there. And he has a sibilant S, which makes it sound like he has a Twitty bird in his mouth and he's whistling all the time. So I'm making fun of this guy. I'm saying, Mary, listen to this. Listen to this episode. Um, his name is Mike. <laughs> I said, listen to what Mike says here. And he said one time, instead of uh, the mediocre Medicare advice, he said marginal Medicare advice only once. And he went back to mediocre for all the rest of the episodes. Well, after listening to a bunch of these episodes, Mary turned to me and said, you know something, this guy really is on to something. If you want to be a Medicare agent, this guy has excellent advice. Now, it's presented oddly. She said, he's a marble mouth. I'll give you that. But it is yet the content that if you can overlook the presentation, I think the content really has a lot of value. One of his suggestions was... Um, doing a newsletter. Now, I have never wanted to be a pest to my clients, so I haven't really bothered them. At once they purchase the the Medicare insurance that I know they need for complete protection against uh, uh, horrible medical expenses and uh, coverage under Medicare is uh, complete, then I don't bother my clients. But this guy presents a compelling case for staying in touch periodically. And once in a while, when my clients contact me with a question, uh, I know that I've done my job well because they remember who I am. But what about the ones that don't contact me? Maybe uh, they don't remember who I am and maybe I should be staying in touch more. So I'm giving serious thought to putting out a, a like a quarterly newsletter. And uh, Mike is the guy that I'm going to thank for doing that if, in fact, it is providing a valuable service to my uh, clientele. So we move on to the content that's been curated for us today. And uh, the first item that floats to the surface is some um, uh, reminder that uh, people who have Medicare uh, Advantage plans can enjoy ups and downs in the quality of their coverage in the middle of the year. Nothing is guaranteed to stay the same in their plans because the insurance companies have the right to change the plans if they want to, any old time they want to, and the plan they purchased could turn into something that they really don't want. In addition to that, there is no legal chain or requirement that holds the Medicare doctors and the hospitals to the, the network. So the plan can lose providers during the course of the, um, the year. And if those providers happen to be the doctors that you have to see periodically, because uh, they have your medical history and they know you and you know them and you like them and you don't want to go to any other doctors, well, you could be out of luck and you could be thumbing through the list of uh, doctors in that network to try to find a replacement. So the good news for members of the uh, Medicare Advantage plans operated by the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Oklahoma organization is that uh, the Valley Community Hospital or otherwise known as Paul's Valley, they're going to stay in the network 
This applies to all their networks, including their Medicare uh, HMO and their Medicare PPO networks. The uh, Valley Community Hospital in Paul's Valley is not leaving the Oklahoma Blue Cross Blue Shield organization, at least not this year. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be other turmoil within the ranks of those Medicare Advantage um, providers, but uh, it's uh, an important consideration to remember that Medicare supplement plans stay the same from the day you buy them until the day you don't need them anymore, and that includes not having any any, uh, network of providers. You can go to any doctor, hospital, specialist, at your convenience, if as long as those people take Medicare patients. So one important difference that people often forget about with Medicare uh, supplement plans versus the inferior Medicare Advantage plans, inferior in my point of view anyway. I am not a big mammography expert at all, but I ran across an article that may be of some interest. And I, even though it, it has the age 40 referenced here, uh, it talks about mammograms. And I know that that's kind of an important thing for women of my age, too. So I thought this article might be helpful. I ran it by the content curator, who also happens to be a woman. And she says, yes, run with it. So I'm doing that. Mammograms at 40? Question mark. Breast cancer screening guidelines spark fresh debate. Now, how could there be a debate about that? Well, let's see. While physicians mostly applauded a government-appointed panel's recommendation that women get routine mammography screening for breast cancer starting at age 40, not 50 like it used to be. This is down from age 50. They're suggesting that the screenings start at age 40. Not everybody approves. Some doctors and researchers who are invested in a more individualized approach to finding troublesome tumors are skeptical. They raise questions about the data and the reasoning behind the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force about face from its 2016 guidelines. The evidence isn't compelling to start everybody at age 40. Uh, says a professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. This is part of the wisdom study. Don't know what that is, and it's a link. (laughs) If I hadn't printed this, I would be able to click on the link, and it would tell me more what the wisdom, W-I-S-D-O-M, study was. Uh, The wisdom study research team aims, in the words of breast cancer surgeon and team leader Laura Esserman, they aim to test smarter, not test more. She launched the ongoing study in 2016 with a goal of tailoring screening to a woman's risk and putting an end to the debate over when to get mammograms. Advocates of a personalized approach stress the costs of universal screening at age 40, not in dollars, but rather in false positive results and unnecessary biopsies, overtreatments, and anxiety. Well, I can certainly understand that. <clears throat> If they're forcing everybody to get tests when only a few people are really at high risk, then it's probably saving a lot of anxiety to uh, uh, find out which are at greatest risk and only uh, encourage those to get the screening. Now the task force has issued a draft of an update to its guidelines recommending the screening for all women beginning at age 40. It's, uh, let's see, I'm trying to read the highlighted areas. Um, 
Two data points uh, are crucial drivers of the new recommendations, rising breast cancer incidence in younger women and models showing the number of lives screening might save, especially among black women. Ah, it's always women and minorities hardest hit. The number of women who died of breast cancer declined steadily from 1992 to 2020, due in part to early detection and better treatment. But the predictive models the task force built based on various assumptions rather than actual data found that expanding mammography to women in their 40s might avert an additional 1.3 deaths per 1,000 in that age cohort. Hmm. this person called that a really sizable jump, but somebody else called it pretty small and somebody else called it very modest. So I don't know what uh, statistics, statistics. Uh, there's a an old quote about statistics being used to support uh, liars and damn liars. And uh, I don't know if any of these people are lying, but uh, I assume I'm going to assume they all have the same goal in mind, which is to save lives and uh, prevent disease. So critics of the new guidelines argue that there are trade-offs. One guy says, why not start at birth? Why not every day? If there were no downsides, that might be reasonable. He said, the problem is false positives, which are very scary. The other problem is overdiagnosis. Some breast tumors are harmless, and the treatment can be worse than the disease. These cancers would never cause any symptoms, he said, referring to certain kinds of tumors. Some just regress, shrink, and go away, are just so slow-growing that a woman dies of something else before it causes problems. I hear that a lot about uh, prostate cancer, that some uh, patients are going to die of something else, and that was my father-in-law. He was told that his prostate cancer was so slow-growing that he would die of something else before the prostate cancer ever got him. Well, of course, years later, that proved to be wrong. The prostate cancer was what got him. Uh, so go on, going on with the article, our strong feeling is that one size does not fit all, and that it needs to be personalized. I guess that's the criteria for, for doing mammograms. Um, oh, wisdom. The wisdom study is women informed to screen depending on measures of risk. Boy, they, what a stretch to get the acronym WISDOM out of women informed to screen depending on measures of risk. Boy, oh boy. Um, That study assesses participants' risk at age 40 by reviewing family history and sequencing nine genes. The idea is to start regular mammography immediately for high-risk women while waiting for those at lower risk. Black women are more likely to get screening mammograms than white women, yet they are 40% more likely to die of breast cancer and are more likely to be diagnosed with deadly cancers at younger ages. Debate also continues on screening for women aged 75 to 79 years old. The task force chose not to call for routine screening in the older age group because one observational study showed no benefit. But the panel issued an urgent call for research about whether women aged 75 and older should receive routine mammography. We always say women over 75 should decide together with their clinicians whether to have mammograms based on their preferences, their values, their health history, and their family history. So it did actually touch on people that might be members of our target market 
those in their 70s. But uh, I once again, I am no expert. Now, I'm going to tell Randy, I'm going to confess to Randy something if the audience would just turn away for a moment and not listen to this. I forgot to set my timer, Randy. Uh, uh, how are the crickets doing? Are they uh, on the verge of letting us know that we've spent too much time here? The crickets have chirped, and now they're out to lunch. <laughs> well, darn it. Uh, so that uh, that whole article took up much more time than I expected it to, and uh, I apologize to everybody for yakking on longer than I should have. Well, I was counting on that cube, but I thought, well, maybe I just didn't hear it. Oh, wait a minute. I never hear it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably never will. I guess uh, I got to find some, I got to find a siren or something to to uh that's going to break through the the magnificent software you use to keep the sound clean on these podcasts yes, because yes the, the cube well, isn't going to do it i don't think the cube's ever going to be heard on this side of the formula so anyway long story short is we need to wrap it up pull our tent stakes up and head on home but before we do i want to thank everyone for joining us we know that you could have been a lot of different places doing a lot of different things, but you chose to spend a few minutes with us, and we certainly do appreciate it. I always tell everybody, Doug is a nationwide licensed expert to help you with your Medicare supplement needs or Medigap, depending on what you know it by. He loves to hear from you at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. You can check us out at the website, medicareforthelazyman.com. But if you could find a way to give us a couple stars somewhere on either the podcast or the book or both, we'd really appreciate it because we're always up, up against it on the rating wars. So we have definitely spent, if you haven't been tracking, 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, kid from Oklahoma. That's me. You can, you can take the kid out of Oklahoma and put him in Arizona, but it doesn't really take the kid out of Oklahoma. <laughs> He's definitely still an Oklahoma kid, but now he's living in Cave Creek, Arizona, up in the high mountains behind the city. And often, he hasn't done it yet since he got back from Pugsleyville, but he often stands out on his porch in his in his mountain lair, you know, the, the reclusive mountain lair, I think, checking out the territory with his binoculars. Making My army sure surplus. Your your army surplus binoculars to make sure that the Medicare Advantage people didn't get in town. But I don't know. So anyway, that's the end of the story for today. We appreciate it. And I'm going to put Doug in. Oh, gosh. 12-5. Well, as I gasp for oxygen, I thank everyone for joining us today and look forward to our, our next episode. Please come on back. Bye-bye. <laughs>